Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. Good morning, my dear friends, to all our dear audience on KNUS 710 AM or via podcast. I welcome all of you. This morning, we shall interact first by waking up, praising God. If you're sad, allow God to put a joy, a smile on your face. If you're married, give a good and warm greeting to your wife or to your husband. Give a good warm morning hug or welcome to your children and to all those who live with you. And do me a favor. It's okay to turn on your radio at 9.30 a.m. on Sunday morning and contact friend so they can join in as well. Next, of course, let us warm up the day by being nice to each other and by being nice to the Lord. This is Father Andre and good Holy Sunday morning with God. Good holy Sunday morning, my dearly beloved brothers, sisters, and the Lord Jesus Christ. Humanity, my friends, uh, is thrown into a universe. If we come to think in a quantity, when we look at the entire universe, a humanity could be compared to a uh, one piece of dust. The universe, the cosmos, the numbers of stars, the numbers of uh, planets, the numbers of elements that we find in the entire universe, I am sure they exceed the number of human beings that we find. But except if you come to think about the effect and the influence of um, who makes more noise, I am sure humanity makes more noise than the entire universe. You know, the universe, I wonder if it speaks of its end and of its beginning. Planets could hit but it didn't happen on our side. But the humans could hit each other's. Nation could hit a nation. Kingdom could hit a kingdom. A brother could hit a brother. Family could fight with one another. We'll see their stories on the news. Stars might fall every day. Yet on the news we see stories of violence. They hurt us, even if they happen at the end of the earth. Yet in all of this, we see also humanity not only being a particle that is almost unnoticed if we come to size it compared to an entire universe, but we see a miracle. For for such sizeless size, the smallest, smallest, smallest seed ever of this entire cosmos, humanity could grow and aspire to reach the end of the cosmos. Today we speak of people making rockets in order to take people and to travel into the space. Elon Musk, for instance, is planning on taking a first trip into the space with the people on board as they travel, as if almost you're traveling from uh, Denver to uh, Salt Lake City, for instance. They will travel into the space. They would gaze upon the stars and upon the cosmos and upon uh, the Earth from distance of uh, hundreds of thousands of miles away. They will draw near big planets, yet we may ever land on them. 
In such a way, today, I like us to consider this beautiful Sunday, the first Sunday after Easter, known for many Christian traditions as the Divine Mercy Sunday. You know, on a Divine Mercy Sunday, these are prayers uh, that uh, enable us to basically perpetually think and consider what is the outcome of the resurrection of Jesus Christ from death? Why did Jesus rise from death? And what is the benefit of his resurrection? What's in it for me? Right? This is a beautiful transactional questions that we and we ask all the time ask when uh, we are entering into a relationship or when we are trying to study a deed or um, um, try to make an outline for project. At the end, we say, okay, what's in it for me? A better life, a higher income, a better livelihood, uh, more joy, more travel, more times for vacations more time off, more prosperity, more stability, more good health. And all of this, we labor in order to reap benefit. In the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Jesus dies, we reap the benefit. He doesn't gain, he only loves. In fact, in order for Jesus Christ to make us reap the benefit of his resurrection, he had to live an internal kingdom. He the one who created the entire cosmos. He the one who the world cannot fit. He the one who created the world by saying, let it be. As we say in the Hebrew Bible, Vayomer Elohim, vi, he, or. And God said, let there be light, and light there was. He the one who we cannot even contain in our minds. He the one who doesn't know death, knew death for us. He the one who is eternal, became finite. He became a baby, and the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary, he became man. He the one who is carried upon chariots and chariots and mirrors and mirrors of cherubim and cherubim. He walked on our earth. You know, he the one who actually, as he told Job when he appeared, when he manifested in the epiphany to Job, you know, Job was suffering a lot, the book of Job in the Old Testament. And uh, one time Job and someone, we never complained, we never complained. But his silence was a form of complaint. His silence was a form of complaint. His uh, um, refrain every time, his wife, his friends, the people around them, the servant who always was left, the only one who was always left after every catastrophe, every tragedy that came into Job's life. And every time when they came to tell him, your kids died, you know, your crops were burned completely. You have no more earnings. And then he got sick and worms ate his flesh while he was alive. And then when his friends and wife told him, you must have done something wrong. And of course, Job, who has never done anything wrong before the eyes of God, he would always repeat this refrain. You know, naked I came out from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return. And he never, never, never denounced his faith in God. So he got God's attention, and God came to him. And the very first way God introduced himself, and God tells Job, hey, do you know that I created trillions of stars? I think the number is about 66 trillions of stars. I think somewhere in the 60s of trillions of stars. And God like is, is boasting, just being God. He's not boasting. He's being himself. And God told Job, you know, you should be amazed at that. I know the stars by their names. Can you imagine that, that God knows every star that he created, trillions of stars, and he knows them by name? With that, God was amazed. Leaving all these huge stars, he came down 
down and he got the attention of Job, this little particle, this little man in the middle of nowhere who was suffering. God traveled the entire cosmos to come and look with amazement and consolation to Job's personal suffering. The same thing, Jesus Christ left the entire heaven, the entire paradise, and he came down to look at our suffering as an entire humanity, to compassionate with us. That's the very first sign of the nature of God, who is full of mercy. God is full of compassion. He leaves kingdoms. He leaves eternity. He even left his own nature. You know, uh, there is uh, this experience of uh, St. Paul when he speaks about God leaving his own nature. And he took upon himself the nature of a slave in order to walk with us like us so he can take us back to the house of the Father to our eternity. So with these experiences, my friends, in the next few minutes, we want to meditate together and we want to together pray and praise the Lord on this Divine Mercy Sunday in which uh, we should consider every time the promises of God to all mankind. When Adam and Eve, our father and mother, sinned in paradise and were driven into exile and when death entered into the world, the human race became infected. The human race became infected. And the very first infection of original sin, in fact, produced immediately death. The very first the very first consequence of uh, the infected humanity, the disobedience of the humanity, which was represented by Adam and Eve, of course, who were lied to um, by Satan, who tempted them to eat from the fruit of knowledge of good and evil. You know, Adam and Eve had children, Cain and Abel. And uh, the very first fruit of the, the original sin was that the jealousy entered into the heart of Cain. And of course, it produced death. Jealousy is a mother of all vices. In fact, until today, if you come to think about it, in America, we might call it competition, right? In America, we have so many laws, rules, and regulations to protect the intellectual property, the personal property of a human being. Well, if you look in the Bible, we have so many stories under the time of the prophet Elijah, the big, beautiful prophet known as Elijah or Elias, the prophet Elijah. You know, he went and he told Jezebel, you lied, you gave false witnesses, you, you arised false witnesses against the property of your neighbor. You coveted your neighbor's property. Therefore, the Lord is going to basically allow your death and the dogs will lick your blood to the king, to her husband, in the same place where you killed your neighbor. And uh, with the jealousy, lots of conflicts enter into humanity. Can you imagine if stars become jealous of another star? Can you imagine if a planet becomes jealous of another planet? We have an entire cosmos that is put in order. Only some comments fall from here to there. And they explode sometimes from the space in the space. Sometimes they make a little holes in some of the planets. But can you imagine planets becoming jealous of each other? And they started hitting one another and an entire cosmos got out of hand. 
and become very unbalanced, for instance. Well, humanity, unfortunately, this little particle that counts for nothing in the entire cosmos can make a nuclear noise that no planets are capable of making. I wonder sometimes about the force and the power and the energy that God has given to us as human beings. That's one of the main reasons I believe in the intellectual consciousness, the supreme consciousness, a supreme consciousness, an objective consciousness, way above the humanity that aims to organize, to put in order, to put laws, rules, and regulations amongst people and human beings so they don't, in their jealousy, and somehow become omnipotent evildoers. And that's what we call the conscience, the capability to discern good from evil. That's another sign of God's compassionate and divine mercy, that we know day from night. We know evil from good. We know cold from hot. We know what builds and what could destroy. We know joys and we know sadness. This um, motion of emotions in which we live, this ocean of feelings and desires and habits and customs and traditions and intellectual capabilities that we have. Today, humanity is capable of creating a technohuman, a technology of artificial intelligence that at the end could govern with a supreme technology human beings and it could actually produce lots of evil. Yes, I am talking about these uh, techno robots that um, many of the big tech companies are trying to create that they could actually have a very sophisticated, uh, supreme artificial intelligence that could become a rival to the human life. It could, in fact, endanger human life. Do you know why? Because you could create artificial intelligence, but there is no way you can give it a conscience. Conscience is this awareness of me, my rights, my limits, and the principle of what is good for me and my neighbor. That's another sign of God's divine mercy. This is where God has called all mankind from the state of sin, including our souls, and to come in together into a life of redemption. So, my friends, today, on this beautiful Sunday, of divine mercy, I want us together to pray with the Lord Jesus Christ in Psalm 63, in Psalm 63, where it tells the story of a soul thirsting for God. Remember, whoever has left the darkness of sin yearns for God. The splendor of Christ risen from the dead has shone on the people redeemed by his blood. Alleluia. O God, you are my God, for you I long. For you my soul is thirsting. My body pines for you, like a dry, weary land without water. So I gaze on you in the sanctuary to see your strength and your glory. For your love is better than light. My lips will speak your praise. So I will bless you all my life. In your name I will lift up my hands. My soul shall be filled as with a banquet. My mouth shall praise you with joy. 
On my bed I remember you. On you I muse through the night, for you have been my help. In the shadow of your wings I rejoice. My soul clings to you. Your right hand holds me fast. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Hallelujah. My dear friends, again, I wish all of us on this beautiful day, the Lord's Resurrection Day, this a new Sunday as we celebrate in the East, the Sunday of Divine Mercy, the proclamation as we say Christ is risen, Christ is truly risen. So now in our journey, as we continue with our little moment with you to do this meditation today, um, this conversation between my soul and your soul, may the Holy Spirit overflows your homes, all the listeners' ears and the spaces in which we are. May the Holy Spirit seal all of our atmospheres uh, to keep confusion away, to keep doubt and scandals, to keep rumors away, to keep gossip away, and definitely to keep all the attacks of the evil away. Turn them against the evil, O Lord God, and bless our friends and our enemies on this Divine Mercy Sunday. So, what do we call on this Divine Mercy Sunday? On Divine Mercy Sunday, we remember all mankind. Jesus wants us to bring to him all mankind, especially all sinners. It is such a joy to have with me always in our Zoom studio many times now, Father Charbel. Father Charbel, uh, a wonderful priest and friend and um, um, a, a lawyer and a judge here in a local Merrimack tribunal, a spiritual tribunal. Father Charbel, I want to wish you a happy resurrection uh, Sunday, first of all. Happy Easter. Happy Easter, Father. And uh, I know you're going to talk a little bit, and I will be translating simultaneously yes, yes. uh, for you. Um, thank you for your patience and hearing this um, long introduction today that I wanted really to reach yeah, out. Thank you. Thank you. Father Charbel, how could you relate to people that there is more benefit in the resurrection of Jesus Christ for us sinners than all the money in the world? Father, I prefer to speak in Arabic. Thank you in advance to the translation. The destiny of the entire humanity is connected to the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the Lord in his resurrection, he has given us an overflow of graces, of divine blessings and of love. And he has given us an overflow of life here on earth and an eternal life. He also gave us a measure according to which we can measure our life. First, to seek God's kingdom first, and everything else will be added to you. The Lord knows. The Lord knows our internal desires, and He doesn't get it satisfied. It does never get satisfied, except by reaching to eternity, by desiring eternity. This is the inmost desire of the humanity, is to desire not temporal things, but eternal things. In this, in such a way, the Lord planted in us the desire to be immortal. And this is a sign of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, to be filled with love, joy and the peace and to desire being holy which today holiness has become a far rich desire by humans many humans do not desire to be holy anymore but in the resurrection of jesus christ the lord jesus christ has opened our limited life our mortal life to eternity and he made us look the other way so our eyes now can gaze upon and see not the limitation of our finite humanity 
but we can see that there is a direction, there is a way to God, there is a way to become immortals, there is a way to be with God forever. And this is where Jesus laid the distinction between what is to Caesar to Caesar and what is to God to God. Therefore, he gave us um, a uh, distinction to distinguish between the, um, the means of goods, what is here on earth, the treasures of the earth and the treasures of heaven. Of course, there is the tons of treasures for all of the humanity and all of the earth filled with the treasures. But the meaning of these treasures, the objective with these treasures is to be put in service of the humankind, is to serve the humanity in order to try to give us assistance, shelter, food, satisfaction. But you know what? It may not give us a satisfying joy, an eternal joy. But the Lord them does not want us to drop down, to fall down on the level of becoming earthly, living in the flesh. It never, money or treasures could fill our loneliness. In short, I could say that the Lord has placed in our hands all these goods in order to realize how much better are the goods of heaven, to put them in service of our journey. These are provisions. These are not the end goal treasures. These are only provisions in order to assist us on our walk, in our journey, on our road to heaven. Because at the end, the Lord's victory will be great indeed. And all the projects of the earth, which are only made and based on um, earthly treasures, will cease and will end. But this, this is why, in fact, we have to build and base our life on things that last forever and put the things that does not last in the service of our eternity, in the service of charity, in the service of what gives us um, the good and the lives, and to find and identify our way to heaven. Thank you, Father Sharber, for this beautiful, beautiful um, response. Actually, this beautiful answer. Thank you, Father. Um, when I look, when I look at Jesus reaching to all mankind, of course, to all sinners, uh, we are rich. Probably, we measure our richness by how much we can bring in, how much we can take in, saving accounts, you know, uh, properties, yeah. assets, cars, telephones, uh, gadgets, uh, you know, accumulating arts, pieces of arts, icons and pictures and images and gold and, you know, uh, you know those, uh, those cherished uh, medals, um, as we say. And of course, nations also measure their strength and their power and the richness by how much money they have, how much weapons they have. And unfortunately, the highest and the biggest and most powerful nations, they measure their power by how much weapons of mass destruction they have. That's not the case for Christianity. Yes, yes. God does what we call in St. Paul, and I want to avoid using the term, but I thank the Holy Spirit for insisting on me using it. Kenosis. And not to put you to a... Uh, um, theological test, but you know the kenosis with St. Paul, God empties himself. You know, he completely gives up what he has, gives up himself. Uh, he even gave up the life that he himself contains all lives, and he dies for us. What a sign of mercy that is, Father Sherbert, and what a, what a twist is that in our human understanding between accumulating while God is practicing the kenosis in Greek, which is complete self-giving. God gives in order to build. We accumulate in order to destroy. Why is a humanity, why is it difficult for humanity to understand 
the love and the mercy of God. Father, the problem is that um, um, we have learned to build our life based on our possessions, while uh, and, and the world is also setting the rules, so uh, it measures us based on how much we accumulate and how much we make. So the virtue of love became light today in the world. It doesn't matter if you love much. No, the Lord came to teach us how to give, how to um, uh, to share with the people, um, and to live a life with poverty, poverty in the spirit. Um, the Lord gave us that, despite of all um, the possessions we could have, we actually are not capable of living peace, of possessing peace, and of possessing life itself and eternal life. The Lord came in His resurrection. He taught us that we are children. He taught us to live the freedom and liberation. Freedom and liberation being freed from the possession, from being enslaved to earthly possessions. And I will provide for you, says the Lord. I will not change. I am the constant father for all of mankind. I want you to put your trust in me when we say, Jesus, I trust in you. In short and sweet, the Lord is trying to raise us up um, to uh, relate us to him, to connect us to him in a way that he will confirm us in his love and in life and peace. Um, this overflow of divine love uh, will uh, be victorious and will take over all the limitations of human beings, including the earthly treasures. This is why we have uh, to store our treasures that last forever, the treasures of love, of charity, of goodness, of kindness, and of mercy, because at the end, everything will be lost. But the love in God and our good deeds will be gaining for us eternal life and forgiveness of sins. Thank you, Father Sharbat, for this beautiful, beautiful response as well. My friends, uh, thank you for being with us in these uh, um, few minutes uh, today on Sunday mornings, Father Andre. I wish to all of you as well one more time. Christ is risen. Christ is truly risen. Hallelujah. And happy Divine Mercy Sunday to all. Hallelujah. Thanks for joining us today for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre. Father Andre and his team rely on your prayers and generosity to help feed over 5,000 families in Lebanon every month. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org to learn more. Your support helps buy supplies from local farms and factories, employ truckers to ship the food, all to let these families know they are not forgotten. Go to missionofhopeandmercy.org and donate today. And join us next week at 9.30 a.m. for Good Sunday Morning with Father Andre.